This is the official Caps Church Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I am back with another amazing Caps Chirp episode for this Thursday. Uh, as if you're if you're an OG, you know the Thursday is usually when we do our interviews. Um, since I am Sans Poly Cupcakes, R.I.P., uh, I'm brought in uh, Dan Holmey, who we'll add to the stream here in a little bit. He's from Locked On Caps. Uh, and we're going to be talking about how the preseason went and a little bit about, uh, you know, just our, what our projections about everything all Washington Capitals will be this year. You know, where are they going to rank in the standings? How they're going to, how they're going to look? Who's important? And then obviously a little bit of Ovechkin goal talk, right? Um, so again, on Monday, we usually do like a week in review with the Washington wraparound, some league news. And then on Thursday, we have a, uh, have kind of interviews or just like an open forum. Maybe I'll do some hockey troll hip check stuff if I want to bitch about things. But <clears throat> uh, as of right now, let's pop some tabs and uh, get right into it. One, two, three. All right. Adding to the stream now, Dan Holmey at DanCaps218 if you want to follow him on Twitter. Uh, of Locked On Caps, Dan, thanks a lot for joining me. Uh, I know it's been short notice, uh, but I'm, I'm scheduled to make an a, appearance on Locked On, too, here soon, right? That's right. Um, we'll be recording a Tuesday night, but uh, thanks for uh, having me on the show. Of course. Of course. You know what, Dan? I, I sometimes Google just, like, best Washington Capitals podcast, right? And, of course, you get these ranking um, uh, sites on and you and I are you are one and two, and I'm two, uh, respectively here. So, you know, I'm uh, I've we've taken about three months off, and I'm 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 hunting for that top spot, man. Well, I mean, it's <laughs> go for it. I mean, I think that it's all good. There's a lot of great Capitals podcasts out there. Um, uh, Chirp and DMV, I had him on there. The Pizzas Here podcast. I'm trying to hook up with and have those guys on the show, but. Just a lot of great podcasts for the Capitals, and it's it's a win-win for the Capitals in general. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, I know we've I've been at it for a long time, but yeah, I mean, it's just uh, it's great to collab with a bunch of people. So, you know, I guess let's let's jump right into it, man. Did did you watch? So I told you in the in the pre-interview, I do not watch the preseason because generally there is no reason to. None of these guys are going to end up getting a shot at the lineup for one. You know, I've talked about it a ton. It sucks to be a prospect, especially a forward, in the Washington Capital system because the only chance you're really going to get is like maybe on the fourth line, but likely the third line. And at that point, if you're not racking up points and not getting scored on, you're just tossed down the gutter. Uh, so, did you watch any of the games? Uh, yeah, I watched uh, watched most of them. The ones that were available, some of them. Uh, like the Red Wings one, you had to watch the Red Wings feed and there was no volume. So it was kind of a tough one to watch. And then I was searching for one of the uh, Blue Jackets games, but it was only on NHL.com. So they are kind of hard to catch sometimes. But um, I like to watch them just to see, you know, I wanted to see as Darcy Kemper as advertised. And I wanted to see if, you know, the hype around Protus was warranted. Mm -hmm. uh, so I watched uh, most of them. And, um, you know, it, it, it's interesting to see, you know, where these players fit in. Um, uh, and to see, you know, the players that went down to Hershey, you're like, well, I can kind of see why they went down to Hershey. But uh, 
some of the cuts that were made today, you know, are, are kind of difficult, but um, yeah, it's, I watched most of them and I just use it as just kind of to assess talent in my opinion, to see, you know, who I think is doing good on this team. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, if you didn't know, Caps fans, the preseason record for the Washington Capitals is 4-1-1. We lost to Buffalo in OT 4-3 and Columbus in regulation. I believe that was really just a one-goal game. But we did beat Philly, Detroit twice, and Columbus in regulation. Uh, so, Dan, I mean, let fill us in, man. Who stood out to you in the preseason? I think that Protus uh, is as advertised, and I think he'll fill the role of like a Tom Wilson out there, an enforcer type. Uh, the Capitals lost a lot of that uh, intimidation factor. They lost a lot of that sandpaper. And I know as hard as they try, they want to make Mantha into that guy, but he's not that guy. He's got this big right. bulking body, and he's like, I don't know what to do with it. Um, <laughs> he attempted to do it in the postseason against Florida and um, you know, with some mixed results, but ultimately at the end of the day, he is a goal scorer. Uh, but I liked Protus. I liked what I saw in Charlie or Chuck Lindgren, as everyone around the Caps likes to call him. Um, I was a little undecided on Charlie Lindgren when I first heard that they signed him. I know he did well with the Thunderbirds. I know that sometimes that doesn't necessarily translate to the NHL. But what I saw him of him on the ice, he was lights out. And uh, Darcy Kemper, so far of what I've watched from him as as advertised, is doing a great job. The thing that I like the most, already chemistry being formed between Dylan Strom and Connor Brown. See yes. last night, for example, uh, that was also, I want to say, the second or third game of the season as well. You saw that. So it's really kind of cool to see the chemistry already being formed uh, with these guys out on the ice. So it's it was, it was a, like I said, it was a good thing for assessing talent, but uh, some great play to, to be sure. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. And you know, we were, like I said, it's tough to crack that lineup. I'm, I'm happy to see some of the guys that went out. But you know, we were talking about like guys like Axel Johnson, Fialbi, who's going to hit the waiver wire. Um, you know, went to Buffalo. We got him back. I mean, I'm. In, it's interesting to see that he. And you know, now that we have, we've, we've added some free agency like Strom and Brown, that really puts like Sheary in an awkward position. Like, is he a third liner? Is he a fourth liner? Is he going to move up and down? But in any case, it's, it's a glut of, of forwards that we have. So, you know, Axel Johnson Fialbi, who was literally a Carl Haglin archetype, right? Like the guy that was supposed to, uh, replace him. It seems like Sheary is going to do that. Is that kind of what how they were using him in the preseason, Shiri and, and, and whatnot? Yeah, and you saw a little bit of Connor McMichael down there as well. Uh, Connor likes to play center, but a little bit of that. But, you know, then they were talking about maybe Connor Shiri even kind of maybe uh, playing top line right wing sometime, you know, with Oshie and Connor Brown and Mantha and fill in the blank with whoever. But right. the good thing about Shiri is that he's a bit of a Swiss army knife. You can put him anywhere and he doesn't really complain. Uh, he might not be too thrilled with the fourth line, but um, – you know, gets really great production. And um, I do think he plays a vital role on this team. Um, you know, looking at him, you don't think that he'd be that great of a hockey player, kind of a smaller guy out there, but he is a, he's a pretty good goal scorer. I got to say, and I'm, I'm glad he's still on the team. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, he is, like you said, a Swiss army knife and he's just kind of happy to be there, <laughs> you know, uh, not to say anything about his talent or anything, but yeah, I mean, I like uh, Shiri and, and here's the, the bottom line. He's got X amount, you know, five, six years, seven years in the, in the league. He has proven NHL talent. And, you know, I know that a lot of Caps Twitter, especially, especially the younger Caps Twitter, I'd say, uh, not to age myself here, but like 
they all want to see like the new stuff, right? Who's the new prospects that we can pull up? But the problem is, is that, you know, 20% of first round draft picks don't even play a hundred games in the NHL. So, or I mean, do play. They're the only 20%. The other 80% of the first round is really kind of a wash. And then that drops precipitously as you, as you go through the more advanced later rounds. Um, so it's really, uh, and, and whether that's right or wrong is, is a whole nother story, right? I mean, cause I'm wearing Jay Beagle's jersey right now. He's the only player. He went undrafted to win the ECHL, the AHL and the NHL. But, you know, I mean, that's like a, one in a million, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it rarely does it work. And you see someone like Shane Wright. I think that was kind of refreshing uh, to see him. You know, he was kind of already patting himself on the back and saying, you know, I'm going to be the first round pick. And what did he end up going? Was it third, I think, to uh, <laughs> out to the crack in there? So um, just, you know, it's funny. Some of these guys, especially the younger guys, they're so full of themselves and just eating ego sandwiches every day. Um, that, uh, you know, I, I, like you were talking about, it's good to see the younger players work into the system. Rarely does it happen for the Capitals, other than Protus and Snively. Um, you take a look at it, Faravari has been one of the only players to crack this lineup in quite some time. Beginning of last season, you saw it, and one of the things I was talking about with uh, one of the beat writers is that they said they played well in the beginning of last year, but it wasn't sustainable. Right. They need that sustainability. You take a look at Hendricks LaPierre, and you remember that moment where Ocean picked him up off the ice and was like, oh, my God. Right. Um, but then but then he totally dry, it dried up after that. So that's what these young guys need is sustainability. And one of the things that Peter Laviolette said in his presser, was that, you know, just because it's going to be Protus and Snively, that's not set in stone. I mean, just because they break camp with the team doesn't mean that they couldn't, you know, get bounced down to Hershey or whatever the case may be. Um, so I, I, I guess it remains to be seen what happens, but I wouldn't have these guys get too comfortable. I do think Protus has a good uh, spot on this team. I think it's pretty secure in Snively. You know, it gets a little bit hairy when they have the one-way contracts. They got to clear waivers and all that kind of stuff, but... Um, I, I do think I, that Protus and Snively should be on this team for the duration, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the darling, I think, is McMichael, right? I mean, he was an, a, another first-rounder, um, and, you know, we've been waiting for him. Um, <clears throat> I thought my biggest criticism for him last year was, and, of course, he was being deployed in all sorts of different situations, so it's tough for a young player uh to do that, but he showed a lot of maturity and just rolling with the punches. I just thought that, um, you know, his physical game maybe could have taken a step up. He's not a big player. He's that's not his game really. But, uh, you know, if you're playing on the third and fourth line, you are expected to lay the body at least a couple times. Now, I don't think he put himself completely out of position in many plays, but at the same time, I would have liked to see him maybe at least just bump a guy here and there. Uh, but maybe I'm just, you know, again, aging myself, trying to see some old school hockey. So uh, what's great though is, is again, you know, I, this has to be the, the most, and it's only three, but this has to be one of the mo the rare years for Washington Capitals fans within the past like 10, where we're actually seeing, you know, um, true new fresh talent in, you know, I, I, I think back and like, you know, the last new guy that came up through the system would have been like Tom Wilson. That was like 10 years ago. Right. You know, um, yep. and or or like, you know, John Carlson, like, you know, geez. Uh, so, yeah, Holpe in there. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, back when the Hershey Bear and Beagle back when the Hershey Bears had won their call or, you know, we were our, our farm was was just a stable of studs. And now they're up. 
Um, and lo and behold, now they're a t- they're all decade old uh, in the league, so decade or plus. So it's been a while. Um, and to your point, you know, with the young guys, we did see a really great start to the season, and then guys started coming back. And you know, if we, I've talked to Carl Alsner on the pod about it, and he's like, you know. Sometimes when the everybody kind of takes their foot off the gas when guys return to lineup, because like, oh, we got so and so, we got Osh back, we got Backy back, like, you know, he's they're gonna come in and slay. But really, you know, what needed to be done is they need to hammer down, you know, basically double up their effort because these guys are coming off a, a long IR stint. Um, and you know, probably a little that stuff wears on you mentally, whether you like to admit it or not. I'm sure, right? You know, coming back from an injury. Yeah, I mean, you take a look at someone like Nick Backstrom, for example, as we all know, um, has that hip resurfacing procedure that was done. And the outlook for him is not the greatest. But, you know, to your point, if he comes back, there'll probably be a little bit of rust that he needs to knock off when he first comes back. But um, uh, I I guess I don't think I would see Nick Backstrom coming back this season anyway, just based on that LTIR money that would have to get freed up. Um, But um, to your point, yeah, I mean, a lot of these guys, when they come back there, they're not 100% at first. But, uh, you know, th- that's to be expected. If you're missing any kind of substantial time, you're not going to come back at 100%. Sure, absolutely. I mean, I just took three months off this podcast and I can barely function at this point. Well, it's it's tough sometimes. You know, you got to put together. I tell someone it's like keeping a 10-pound hacky sack in the air for about a half hour. You know, it's uh, <laughs> you, you just got you got just got to keep doing it and doing it. Yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, and you know what? I, I uh, the. I, I just tweeted out, you know, like the number one thing with Polly being gone is that I, I don't have time to take a sip of beer every once in a while. So I really appreciate you being on so I can, you know, fuel the fire here a little bit. Yeah, and it helps uh, spread out the uh, half hour, 45 minutes a little bit more. If you have uh, someone else, they can kind of fill in the gaps a little bit. Exactly, exactly. Um, so, you know, moving forward, there was... Uh, a little bit of a scare, I think, with Osh and Orlov in the preseason. Both looked like they may be out, you know, either day-to-day, week-to-week. Who knows at this point with Oshie, uh, a bit of a glass cannon syndrome there. Um, you know, when he's in the lineup, he's amazing, but, you know, he can tweak something and be out for a week or so uh, plus. So, I mean, what's your take on Orlov and, and, and Osh? Uh, well, it, it sounds like it, it looks like they're going to be coming back soon. Um, I actually talked about that a little bit, and t- it'll be on tomorrow's show. Um, that it looks like Oshi should be good to go, and Orloff as well. They were practicing with everyone else. Um, so, I mean, I guess it remains to be seen if that in fact happens. But um, I think that Oshi in particular, he should be coming back. Um, but, you know, sometimes when you look at it, it's a good opportunity for a young player. How often have you heard someone say, you know, I got my opportunity because someone was injured and then I played so good. They could I kind of forced myself on the team. I, they couldn't send me down. Um, you know, I think that Protus and, and Snively are safe. But, you know, say Oshi or someone else did miss an extended period of time. Then that's the opportunity for one of these younger guy or younger guys on the team or in, in Hershey, whatever the case may be, to make their stand and say, I deserve, I belong here. Um, so sometimes uh, in situations like that, that that's what it's about. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And, you know, um, something that I think has been really steadfast to the Caps, even through their, you know, since 2018, when they're doing their first round exits as per tradition, you know, I, I always thought, you know, that the, the blue line was pretty solid. 
overall. I thought they were steady throughout the season um, of all the really most recent seasons and then or post cup season. So like 2018 and now, you know, we've had a pretty solid blue line. And I think Orlov has been a huge understated part of that, that core. You know, I love his game. He's physical. He can move the puck. He can move his feet. He's got that crazy ripper of a shot. You know, he's, he's good for those situations. I would hate to see him out for an extended period of time because he's also been, you know, a very sturdy and, and consistent part of this decor. So I think that's a that's a huge piece that if if we you know if we ended up losing, it'd be tough to replace. What do you think? Yeah, I mean Orloff is a great two way player. He has some offensive power, and uh, one of the funny things I remember hearing Alan May talk about when he had that podcast back in the day with Rob Carlin, and it was it was a good podcast. But in any event, they were talking about that he saw Orloff in the weight room, and he said that everyone thinks that you know Ovechkin's the biggest guy, but you should see or uh, Orloff. His legs are like tree trunks out there. So just a real, a real tough guy out there. And in general, these Russian guys, you know, Russian machine never breaks and all that. These Russian guys seem to be a bit tougher uh, than some of uh, the other players out there. Uh, you take a look at Orloff. You take a look at Ovechkin. Rarely do they miss time because of injury. So I just think that, uh, you know, to your point, though, Orloff is a big guy on the on the uh, blue line. He also has that scoring potential as well. So uh, for Orloff to be missing for any uh, extended period of time would be rough. The other tough thing out there is the Washington Capitals defense in general. The only player they have under contract after this year is John Carlson, and right. they have um, they have Faravari as a restricted free agent. So there are going to be a lot of questions on the blue line for the Washington Capitals in the offseason. Uh, they're not going to be able to keep them all, and, uh, you know, it's one of the tough things. When you look at the blue line, who are you going to part with right now? Um, I, I don't. I kind of like all the guys that are out there, to be honest with you. You took a look at Faravari and Van Riemsdyk and, and Jensen and – and who, who do you want to part with? So it's going to be tough out there. Uh, John Carlson and Martin Faravari can't play all the defense out there. So there are a lot of questions looming uh, for this Washington Capitals blue line in the offseason. Absolutely, man. You, you hit the nail right on the head. And on top of that, a lot of these guys are on the bad side of 30 too, right? So I think that, you know, McClellan was playing a lot of 3D chess by basically benching Trevor Van Riemsdyk for an entire year pre um, Seattle draft, right? The, the expansion draft. He learned his lesson getting beat up with the Vegas draft. Now with Seattle, he kind of like hid TVR from purview, knew he was a guy that was going to be um, a player on the team, put him in the lineup the year after the draft. And then, uh, you know, on top of that, you're right. I mean, like Orlov, uh, Faviari is going to want money. You know, uh, let's just hope that the uh, and then also Nick Jensen, who's had a resurgence in his career since coming to the Washington Capitals from Detroit. Uh, he was a stat darling coming in. And he's only gotten better. Uh, you know, I th I think that the there's a ton of questions, like you said, and we better just hope that the cap raises this year by the projected like four to five million or whatever that they're saying. Um, have you heard any buzz about that? Uh, the end of year cap raise, because supposedly, you know, they did it because the owners were losing money and escrow and all this stuff because the NHL's main revenue stream is ticket sales. 
But since signing this big ESPN TV deal, you know, it's it's tough to tell the players and, and, and to say, hey, we just we just signed like a $10 billion deal. Like you're getting none of that uh, for at least, you know, more than a couple years, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't have the figure in front of me, but yeah, it is supposed to go up. Um, but, you know, it could only help a team out like the Capitals, you know, and I, I think they're reluctant to go young because they do have some defensemen where you can talk about Alex Alexiev, you can talk about uh, L- Lucas uh, Johansson out there. So they do have guys in the pipeline that I think they could fit in. But the reluctance there is is that there were certain promises made to Alex Ovechkin when he signed his new deal that he would be on a competitive team. So as much as they kind of want to tear it down to the studs and start all over again, they really can't do that. And I think that that wouldn't be a wise use of Alex Ovechkin on this team for the next four years. So I don't think you will see wholesale changes on this team uh, for at least the next four years, unless they really tank for some reason this year. But uh, hopefully that salary cap does go up and it'll give some leeway for these teams out there, uh, you know, that they could try to bring back some other players because, this team's going to be hurting if they if they lose an Orloff or a Jensen or a Van Riemsdyk um, or something like out there. I mean, they got Gustafson out there, and they got what um, they got some other depth guys in the off season. Yeah, Irwin, um, but are they Irwin's going to are there. they going to be enough? Yeah, right. exactly. No, no doubt, and I do not envy McClellan right now. But speaking of money. Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. You know, bet on the Caps, bet against the Penguins. That's always a good deal for me. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at even at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, Dan, you did you did reference, you know, being competitive for the rest of the Ovechkin era. Um, he's got, what, four years, three years, four years left on his contract? Yeah, four, um, yep. For and so you know, what do you think the vibe is? I mean, you, we were talking, uh, and I think that the pressers uh, with Ovi have all said, you know, Ovi's like, you know, I'm going to score goals, but maybe not all, all the whole time, right? I mean, what he's he's looking for a cup, is he not? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, and I think that's a bit of posturing on his part because one of the things when uh, the first presser at MedStar is he said, listen, guys, I'm not going to get 21 goals in one game. So (laughs) the thing I'm worried about is winning another cup. And I do think that he legitimately wants to win another cup. We all want this team to win another cup. Um, Ovechkin now has 780. He's 21 away from number two, Gordie Howe, and 114 from number one, Wayne Gretzky. Kind of an interesting stat here. The importance of Backstrom and Ovechkin over the years. Backstrom has assisted on 274 of Ovechkin's career goals. Ovechkin has assisted on 100 and, or excuse me, 106 of Backstrom's. Um, so, you know, oftentimes they don't play on the same line together. Hardly ever. It's Kuzi on that top line. But, um, you know, just missing a Backstrom is going to be huge on there. But getting back to, to Ovechkin out there, 
he is going to catch Gordie Howe this year. Projections are around Christmas, um, New Year, something like that, unless there's some sort of major injury. But I do think that he is on track to catch Gretzky. I think that unless he really fell off or sustained a major injury, um, I, I think that you know he will, in fact, catch Gretzky at some point uh, just so he can stay healthy. And generally he does that. Um, oftentimes in the offseason you hear that he was playing with a separated shoulder or something that would normally hobble someone else up. So I'm not too concerned about Ovechkin. Um, he is built like a brick shithouse. I saw him... Um, <laughs> Uh, at what they call was Kettler back in the day. And, uh, you know, it's one thing to see him on ice, but to see him in real life walking towards you, he's not the kind of guy you'd want to mess with. So um, I th- think that he is solid. And I think that this, um, I think that the future is bright for him on this team. And it's just a matter of when, not if he catches Wayne Gretzky, the great one. Absolutely. You know, I'm, I totally agree with that. Um, I, it's crazy to think that, He's only 114 away from Gretzky now. You know, people were saying he's not going to score more than 30. He's he's washed. You know, it's going to take him all the years. But last year, hell, we thought he might just do it all in one season, right? I mean, with the amount of goals he scored. And he did score one in the preseason, and he blew it right through the goaltender for Columbus. You know, this wasn't a uh, – it was a bit of a broken play, and he just rifled one. You know, it wasn't exactly – I mean, it was, it was well-placed, but – the heat coming off of that thing went right in through the seven hole, it seemed, um, of the goaltender they had in for Columbus. The shot yeah, is there. It was the, yeah, off uh, Elvis Merzlikens, um, you know, one of the, the the number one for Columbus. It was it was a hell of a shot out there. Um, and everyone, the, the cry out there was like, why couldn't that count towards his goal total, you know? <laughs> Why not just leave him on the bench if it doesn't count? I mean, what the hell? You know? Right, exactly. Don't worry, folks. He'll, you know, we'll see some more of that. You know, I, I liken him a lot to like Mike Tyson, right? Or or the elite boxers of the last, you know, 50, 100 years. You can't teach punching power. Nobody taught Alexander Ovechkin this was the way to like rip a puck. You know, um, his coaches probably saw the raw talent and gave him some pointers. But that is... Uh, uh, you know, if you will, God-given in that sense, right? That is that is natural ability. He was born with that. Because, uh, you know, honestly, if you could teach it, people would be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for sure. And, uh, you know, it's one of the things that John Carlson was talking about, too, uh, in that presser at MedStar. He said that, you know, we knew he was doing good, but Jesus, now he's getting into real, you know, groundbreaking historical uh, category here. So, um, you know, one of the things that I've always talked about is that people shouldn't take for granted that we're living through this. Oh, you know, I this know. isn't some archival footage that we're going to look and tell our grandkids or whatever about. We're living through this right now. We're seeing history be made. You know, you take a look at Gretzky. He's he's an old man now. And if you you know were to talk to a, a kid today, they're like, well, who's that old man? You know, Ovechkin <laughs> is still a fairly young man out there. And yeah. uh, for him to be doing this, um, you know, I feel special in a lot of ways that I'm able to witness it and see it in real time. And uh, sometimes I think that gets a bit lost when we watch these games is that, you know, he's not the greatest guy on the team. I would say that he's the greatest guy in the league right now. And, um, you know, that's something that shouldn't be overlooked and, and we shouldn't take it for granted. Absolutely. What a time to be alive, Caps fans, basically. Uh, and and you know what? I, I look at we f- forever. Obviously, I was never a Sidney Crosby fan or really gave a lot of, you know, heed to the 
Sidney Crosby is the greatest player to ever live and all of this stuff. And yes, he did win cups and things like that. But, you know, there's there's guys like Chris Kunitz who also won multiple cups as well on different teams. Uh, you know, there's also guys like Brian Trottier. He's got six rings. Now, is Brian Trottier an all-time great in any regard of the word? Probably not. He was an incredible player. Don't get me wrong. A generational talent maybe even. But, <clears throat> you know, he, he was on – he was the right place in the right time a lot. Now, I'm not saying that that's completely Sidney Crosby, but, you know, um, I had always thought Ovechkin was the more impactful player um, in in the sense of being able to put the puck in the back of the net. He's definitely the more elite goal scorer. And now the conversation, like you said, Dan, is really kind of shifting to what mark is is each player going to leave on on the game of hockey? And Sidney Crosby, during his time, will be looked at as a dominant player, no doubt. I don't think that anybody could ever refute that. But an all-time great in the history of the league and, and the NHL has an incredibly uh, mythological and deep 100, 200-year history as, as a sports league, the longest in – one of the longest in, in all of North American sports. You know, you're looking at, a, at, at that amount of time uh, and, you know – Sooner or later, Ovechkin's going to be at the top, the pinnacle of that. Sidney Crosby's not top 10 in any of those stats uh, all time. So it's interesting to see. And, and you know, any time that I can just dunk on the Penguins, I'm going to take it. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you got to. I mean, the rivalry goes back. I mean, don't get me wrong. Crosby's a good player, but he doesn't have nearly – uh, the records that uh, Alex Ovechkin has. I, I bet you he wish he did. I mean, he has more cups, but uh, he didn't win those by himself. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, Alex Ovechkin will be looked at higher on the list of history than uh, Sid will for sure. Well put, well put, man. Love it. Um, so let's, let's talk about the team in general, man, and the Metro at large. Um, you know, any teams that you have that, that kind of scare you in the Metro? Cause I'll tell you one, I think that, the Rangers are scary, and I and I honestly don't think we can sleep on New Jersey. I hate to say it, but you know, I, those are not to say that New Jersey is going to be a dominant, but they could work themselves into a playoff spot. Yeah, and I mean, I think uh, last I checked, they were undefeated in the preseason, and I know you can't put a lot of credence in in preseason, but I mean, I mean, I'll take it if that was the Capitals and they were undefeated, I'd say, well, that's that's a good start anyway. So. Uh, a good about phase for that New Jersey Devils team that um, hasn't been that great as of late. Um, they do have Vitek Vanacek, as a, of course, and uh, the clips that I've seen has played rather well with them. And I wish nothing but the best for Vitek out uh, in New Jersey there. But um, that would be one team. Also, Carolina. I, yep. You know, when you asked me that, I was going to say Carolina and New York. Um, New York is one of the teams that did a rebuild the right way. You know, they struggled, you know, two and about two and a half, three years ago. And then they just kind of tore it all down and started all over again. They just kept, you know, two or three pieces on the team and it's worked well for them. But I think New York and, and Carolina are going to give the Capitals the hardest time. I think the Islanders, I'm not sure what's going on with that team. You know, in the <laughs> off season, I, you know, I heard they were getting Johnny Goudreau and I heard Nazem Kadri, and they did nothing. And right. uh, it's a bit surprising, you know, considering that Lou Lamarillo is normally a guy uh, about change. And uh, he just kind of sat pack, sat pat. He didn't do anything. He he moved on from Barry Trotz in favor of Lane Lambert. Just a yeah. real dumpster fire out there. And, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I think Carolina and, and New York are going to be the biggest uh, hurdle for the Capitals to, to overcome. 
Right. And, you know, um, when it comes to me personally, I will not tolerate any Barry Trotz slander at all. Not only no. was he an incredible coach for the Washington Capitals, really changed the culture and, and, and did it the right way. Uh, he was ultimately like a really just fucking solid dude just as a person. Um, so I, I love Barry Trotz and it's funny because I'm pretty close to the Never Say Die podcast, uh, Islanders Never Say Die podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network and the two hosts there, Grumpy Old Man and TJ, um, you know, they have been railing against Trotz because of his, his, uh, you know, and there's the same criticism in DC. He doesn't, he doesn't think that the NHL is developmental league. He wants you to prove yourself in the A and immediately perform in the, in the show. I get that. Um, but with, and, and, and then the way that he's, he turned that team around when he came in was basically a, a nothing team all the way into a playoff, you know, uh, going deep into the playoffs, you know, a, a, a playoff contender, um, to some degree, at least, you know, giving the team relevancy. But, uh, I think that Islanders fans are fed up with Lamarillo at this point. I think that they think he's clapped out and maybe a little too old school, uh, not responsive to young talent. Um, and, and, you know, we'll see. But, uh, the only reason I didn't mention Carolina is because I think that they're probably one of the strongest teams in the Metro. Uh, and I was just looking at, you know, the ones that scare me though are, like I said, the Rangers, New Jersey, you know, I think that New Jersey is going to be sneaky good. New York has has if you were like you said going to archetype build it build the architecture of a rebuild they did it in astounding ways. I don't think I've ever seen a team rebuild as quickly as the New York Rangers have done. So kudos go out to them. I I do not look forward to the days where we're battling out in the first and second round. Yeah, and then uh, I think we could also write off the Flyers. I know they got Tortorella, and Tortorella, I think, will push that team in the right direction. Generally, what happens with him is, you know, he kind of burns himself out. But if he can kind of just even push that Flyers team in the right direction to get him back on track. Now, I don't want him to be a good team, but if, you know, I'm just talking about, you know, (laughs) talking about an NHL team. If I was running it, I think that Tortorella was a good guy. He gets results, uh, but he kind of loses the locker room after a period of time. But in the uh, immediate, I think that he will help that team um, kind of push him in the right direction. And then at that time, they'll probably put in a different coach that will solidify that team. Because, I mean, if you want to take a look at the Flyers, it hasn't been that long since they were a good, you know, a huge opponent for the Washington right. Capitals. You know, uh, one of the things I remember is Holtby and Emery fighting. Um, oh, I will never yeah. forget that. I was uh, so mad. And uh, Emery <laughs> comes down the ice and, and Holtby's like, I don't want to fight you. I don't want to fight you. And what did Emery say? <laughs> Cover your head. And, you know, Holtby got the shit kicked out of him. Right. And, um, I mean, it's no surprise. Emery's a boxer, for God's sake. And you can right. go after Holtby. Yeah. Um, in any event, so there's bad blood for me between me and the Flyers. But to, to get it back on topic here, I think that the Flyers um, are going to be garbage this year, but I think yeah. that they'll be good in, in years to come. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, I liked from the outside looking in, looking at Philly and exactly what you just covered. I thought Tortorella was a really good choice to realign culture and basically whip the young players into shape and get an identity back to, you know, the, the Broad Street Bull, I mean, whatever you wanted to go back to, uh, any sort of identity would be great for the Flyers because let's be honest, 
even when they were doing well in the Metro, they were somewhat of an identityless team. They long gone were the days of of the of the bullies and the the Broad Street bullies. Long gone, or it was that a it was that a thing. Now, obviously, that was kind of a flash in the pan type thing because of uh, you know rules and and whatnot after they won two cups or whatever, but. At the same time, yeah, I mean, this is a team that's really just kind of a whip dog, and they need to figure things out, decide on an identity, and and hone it in. I do, I agree with you. I think Tortorella, as much as is he's you know maybe maligned across the league, uh, is the right guy for that in their situation in at the current state of affairs right now in Philly. Uh, but most honestly, I'm I'm really looking forward to him shitting on the press. I love that. No, I, I love Tortorella. Um, <laughs> I don't think I'd want him to be a Caps coach, but uh, the mm. one thing I like about John Tortorella is that he cares. He cares a lot. I, I'll never forget when he tried to, I want to say, take on the Calgary Flames. He went into their locker room and was ready to fight a couple of the players in his younger day. Um, but just that level of passion that he has uh, is admirable to me. And, you know, maybe he's a little bit over the top, but, you know, he's not a guy that's mailing it in, that's for sure. And, um, you know, I'll never say anything too disparaging about John Tortorella. I actually like him as a coach. Um, you know, like I say, he's kind of polarizing. Either you love him or you hate him. Um, I just think that maybe sometimes he goes about things the wrong way. But I respect him as a coach. He gets results. And I admire the fact that he cares that much. You know, I mean, he wouldn't have to. I mean, you look at half the coaches. They're just like, well, we tanked this year. Man, so well, that's <laughs> right. not that 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 doesn't fly with with torts. And uh that's kind of why I respect him as a coach. Absolutely. No doubt. No doubt. So all this to say, like, where do you think the Washington Capitals are are going to uh, to land in, in the standings by the end of the year? Obviously, we are uh, completely ignorant as to the next 82 games, uh, which, by the way, start with a back-to-back on October 12th and 13th, Wednesday and Thursday. Thursday, you're listening to us now, so we've already played uh, at home against Boston, and tonight we would be playing uh, in Toronto against the high-powered Maple Leafs. But where where are you thinking? By the way, Jay Fresh has come out uh, with his projections and his analytics model, and obviously this is heavily weighted towards goaltending. Um, but if Kemper and Lindgren can keep up numbers that they put in last year, uh, the Capitals are going to get triple-digit points according to this model and win the Metro. Um, I know that there's some some differing opinions that you've heard though, so let us have it. Um, so my projections on them, uh, I, I'm going to say that they are going to finish top of the Metro. I know it's not going to be easy, but I do think they have what it takes. They have the good goal scoring, they have the great goaltending. Um, so that's what I'm going to say tonight. I, and my goal for them, obviously, is to win a Stanley Cup, of course. But I would be happy just to see them get past the first round. I'm so sick of watching this team, you know, head out to the golf course after the first round every single year. Uh, My things of concern are with Darcy Kemper. He is a bit prone to the injury bug. Um, If you just take a look at him historically, he has spent a good chunk of his time on the injured list. Um, So if he can stay healthy and they can get Charlie Lindgren, you know, he, he's a good backup. Hopefully, you know, if for say some reason Kemper does get injured, Lindgren can step in and and be that great number one. But um, you know, I think that they did what they had to do. And I give Mac a plus marks in the off season. You know, I was tough on him last year saying, why didn't you do anything with the net minding? 
Right. He did that and then some. And then he went out and went above and beyond by getting Brown and Strom. You know, I can't guarantee that this team is going to win a cup or they're, they're going to make a big push. But on paper right now, I look at that, I think, yeah, that's pretty good. That's what I would do. I don't think that there's anything else they could have done. They could have gone out and they could have got, got um, Kadri. They could have gone out and got Johnny Goudreau. At the end of the day, would that have got them a cup? No, it, it's going to take a team working together. Camper can't win it for them. Um, Ovechkin can't win it for them. This team is going to have to stay healthy. They're going to have to work as a group. And uh, on paper, if you put all these players in a pot and stir it around, I think it will make a casserole of success. Ooh, a casserole of success. Wow, Caps fans, you've heard it here A goulash, first. if you will. A, a goulash, yes. Absolutely. Uh, very well put, man. I, I love it. You know, and and I think that was the big thing. And, and uh, we talked about it last season when we were guesting on each other's shows. Is it like, can you really pinpoint one legitimate area from our postseason failures in the past, you know, since 2018? Can you can you really point that to one person, one thing that would have gotten us into the second round and beyond? No, there's there's the hockey's a team sport. We needed some boosts. Um, and I totally agree with you uh, on your assessment with McClellan. I think he did an A plus job. He remedied the goaltending situation, even at a loss. You know, we did ultimately let Samsonov walk to free agency. And that is a first round 22 overall pick that just walked away with zero return. And I think that really kind of tells you what the rest of the league thought about our goaltending tandem. You know, they wanted Vanacek. They didn't want Samsonov. Um, they they knew that nobody else wanted him either and that somebody could just buy him on the line, right? So it's interesting to see that. Um, I think that McClellan's instincts have been good. Uh, obviously, he's gotten us a cup. I think that he's been a really good GM. Uh, I thought McPhee was a good GM, but at the same time, he couldn't address that second-line center issue. Uh, McClellan comes in, does that immediately, and boom, what do you know? We get a cup. Um, but, you know, to your point, I would give him A-plus marks. He did. He worked magic with very little to work with, you know, and, and that's always the, the crux of it all. Is the Washington Capitals never have cap space to work with. But when you've got seven, eight million, you know, plus when you've, when you've got double-digit millions to work with on LTIR, who knows? And... You know, I think a lot of people were, were railing against Tampa Bay, winning a cup, bringing Kucherov off LTIR during the playoffs. But if Tom Wilson and Nikki Backstrom come back during the playoffs and light it up, you know, I can't say anything about that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, I do, like I say, I think they're in a good position. It's it's not going to be an easy road for them, but I think that we'll get Wilson back between Thanksgiving and Christmas. And uh, if we do see Backstrom back, in fact, it'll be the tail end of the season, uh, just in time to make a good push uh, into the playoffs. Absolutely, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, I think that's about 45 minutes, man. I think we should cut it here. Um, why don't you tell everybody where to find you on social media? All right, you can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find Locked On Capitals. It's at Locked On Caps on Twitter. Of course, we're available wherever you get your podcasts uh, and on YouTube. Absolutely. So, Caps fans, check them out. Uh, and remind me, is Locked On every day? Uh, five days a week, yes. Very nice. Very Monday, nice. M- Monday through Friday. Good stuff, man. Well, I look forward to guest on, guesting on, on the episodes next week. 
And again, man, thanks a lot for coming on an incredible conversation with Dan Holmey here. Um, here's to the Caps season and, and let's hope it's a good one. All right, let's go Caps. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Caps fans. Until next week on Monday, Hockey Trill and Dan Holmey signing off. Hey Caps fans, thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp Podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow the show's handle, at Caps Chirp, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network, at HockeyPodNet on social, and TheHockeyPodcastNetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network, every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.